Welcome to the Baseball America podcast. Today's Baseball America podcast is sponsored by SeatGeek. Baseball America podcast listeners get a $20 rebate off their first SeatGeek purchase. Download the free SeatGeek app and enter promo code BA20 today. Now it's time to talk baseball. And welcome into a Baseball America podcast with J.J. Cooper and Josh Norris. I'm John Manuel, another podcast brought to you by SeatGeek. We're getting a lot of good response on these podcasts, by the way, so thank you for the downloads. Thank you for subscribing on iTunes. Thank Best you for to, the reviews. Absolutely, great reviews. We're working to increase our sound, and we're working very hard to improve our uh, reliability, doing it every Monday, every Thursday. So thank you for the positive response to our improvements. And I hope you have a positive response to this podcast, our opening day in the minor leagues podcast. Yay! We're very excited about opening day in the minor leagues. JJ and Josh are going to hit the road in a few minutes. We just finished an issue. The issue has every opening day roster in organized baseball in it. And we're going to talk about the ones that piqued our interest the most. No, not the major league rosters, no, the minor no, league no, rosters. No, no, no. And to paraphrase Axel Foley from uh, Beverly Hills Cop, these aren't just teams, this, the super teams. So, guys, I think we kind of telegraphed the end of last season, kind of telegraphed what this year's number one super team would be. Even though this super team is. I'm going to compare him to, to Paul because he's young and precocious. Uh, to me, Anderson Espinosa is the Paul to Yoan Moncada, Andrew Benintendi, and Rafael Devers being the other three Beatles. Those four guys were together last year in the South Atlantic League. Very, end of the very regular in. season. Very in. One start for uh, Anderson Espinosa. He's back in low A, but the rest of those guys, J.J., have moved up to high A, and that means the Salem Red Sox, even without Michael Kopech with his broken hand, even with Javier Guerra having been traded, this is still a loaded roster. Oh, still a very loaded roster. And and you look at this right now and you say, I mean, this is this is that Greenville Club. It's it's star power. Yeah, it's star you power. You can look at this different ways. There's different ways you can talk about a, a, a super club for prospects. We're gonna talk probably about some teams that are more deep. They're deeper than this team, but no other team has three top twenty prospects. Mankata is worth if Yoan Mankata was on a team with no other prospects it'd be worth making the trip to see you on Mankata. If Andrew Benintendi was on a team with no other prospects, it'd be worth it to see Benintendi. Say the same with Rafael Devers. They're all on the same team. If you're going to watch a lineup where you know that three to four times a night you're going to see Mankata, Devers, Benintendi. And tonight they're batting second, fourth, and sixth. So I think a second, third, and fifth, actually, from what you tweeted out. I thought, I thought second, Benintendi was in the three-hole with Nick Longy in the four-hole. Who's who is, a prospect who is in it himself? On the top 30? Nick Longy, who gets a uh, Mark Carrion comp for me, because I think he has that kind of similar upside, maybe a little bit more, but also because he bats right, throws left, like but, Mark Carrion. But so we have Salem, you know, this, this does stand out. But I, I want to throw it to you, Josh, as you get ready to head to Durham to see Blake Snell. Snake Blell, as Snake Josh Blell. is calling him. I Snake, like that nickname. Snake Blell, indeed. You, you, get, you get Blake Snell. I'm headed versus to Greensboro. Versus Tim Anderson. Versus Tim Anderson, which is pretty good. I'm headed to Greensboro. And I get to see Josh Naylor and Cabrian Hayes, which I'm pretty excited about. That's you know, good. It's not bad. Uh, Kevin Newman on that? Uh, no, he's, uh, he's on high A because he was our low A at the end of last low year. Low A West Virginia. It's, it's a little less prospecty than maybe you'd hope for West Virginia. but uh, You have to you get qualify closer. it as right. low A West Virginia. You don't have a New York Penn League, Sally League inter-squad game. So we got Salem. That's really good. But is that your favorite team as far as like if you had one team you could go see? Or, or who is your team that you would pick up. I already know Josh's one team it would see. He's going to chase it around all next week in South Carolina, Anderson, Espinosa, and Greenville. But that's not your super team. No, no, it, it is Salem. 
Um, <laughs> <laughs> that um, they're coming into this area Seven next days. week uh, to play uh, Winston-Salem and then Carolina. Well, when they play Carolina, it's going to get even better because you'll have Moncada, Benintendi, Devers on one side and Dansby Swanson on the other side. Well, you, but at the same time, though, uh, you know, that Winston-Salem club's not bad either. So. Right, it's got Spencer Adams and Jordan Stevens on that club, uh, which are, which are yeah. pretty good. But Dansby but Swanson somehow already carries that name brand value like a Pepsi. <laughs> he kind of is like his own name brand. Um, the thing, again, with, so the star power versus the depth, JJ, that's kind of a classic BA argument when you're ranking prospects. And we kind of get both in Corpus Christi in some ways. Francis Martez, Alex Bregman, Joe Musgrove, David Paulino. I guess it, it's just kind of hard to imagine that Corpus Christi gets better after having uh, A.J. Reed last year. And, and this year, the, I guess the really surprise name there is Alex Bregman. I know he finished last year in full season ball, and, and he was in Lancaster. But for the number two overall pick from last year's draft to be in Double A already, uh, it's a great sign for Alex Bregman. But, He's like the anti-Alex Jackson. And, I, I, I do think that this is like almost prep because here's if you look at the Astros right now, the Astros are a, clearly a contending team. Yes, Carlos Correa is pretty good, by the way. Correct. You know, I, I think we all knew that. But but if you look at the Astros team and you said. What are the weaknesses? I think the biggest weakness you could argue is, is okay, let's say, and I do mean this is a nightmare scenario, but if something happened and Carlos Correa is going to miss a month or two months, who's the guy to step in and replace him? You don't like Marwin Gonzalez? <laughs> Neither I, do I in that role. I don't think in that role. I don't think Nolan Fontana in that role. I'm sorry, John. I apologize. I, I was about to say, Brian, his brother Brian Fontana, very unhappy. But I do think that Part of the reason, Alex Bregman ended a year in high A, but the other part of the reason is, is that you send him to double A. If he handles double A, he is the, the, the guy, the shortstop in waiting that sure. if something happened, he might be the answer. And we talked about after Swanson got traded last year that there was a case for him to be in double A this year too. And if right. it weren't for Albies, he might be. Uh, I, but they don't wanna... I think he'll be quick. I think he'll move there. I don't think we're going to have... I don't think it will be that quick. I, I do think they want to get consistent reps at shortstop for both of them instead of having them juggle second and short every day. Yeah, the separation between the two players, obviously, J.J., you were in camp. You wrote about this. This decision was on the Braves' mind in spring training. Um, you weren't surprised that they put Albies in double-A. I was a little bit surprised. I thought that Swanson would go to double-A just for the same reason that you have uh, you know, Alex Bregman in double-A. I mean, it's hard to hit in the Southeastern Conference. I know that it's not the same as double-A, but the top players in that league can jump pretty quickly to double A. I, I wonder if Swanson hadn't been hit in the face by Johan Lopez if things would be different. That, that's what to me is, is to, to tell a guy who's never played a day of full season ball, hey, you're going to double A, to me that's asking more of him, even though Albies I know is skipping high A, but Albies I, I think skipping high A is, is a little less of a jump, even with the SEC I mean, experience. Ozzy Albies is skipping high eight, and he's 19 years old. Mm-hmm. And he's five foot seven. And he's five foot seven if he wears heels. Uh, he's he's not but five this seven. Is, <laughs> but this is the comparisons. I love the comparisons I heard from Braves officials. Been there a long time for call without the arm. Now, admittedly, at the time they thought when they moved for call through the system at a furious rate. They thought he was 19. They thought he was 19. He wasn't. 
he 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 stuck with the he bit. Was, he was twenty two. He was twenty two. He stuck with the bit. I you know, I'll wear an underage drinking tag rather than tell you that I'm actually twenty two. But um, I, I do think that that's one of the things that they're moving. They feel obviously very confident with Albies that he is able to handle kind of almost whatever they throw at him. Right. And it is fascinating to me though that you have two guys here, and I really do think that if you pumped them full of sodium pentothal hmm. and said, okay, I've got the truth serum in you. Now tell me who's going to be your shortstop. I think you get different answers from different guys in that organization right now. I think that's fair. It's the Baseball America podcast with John, JJ, and Josh. And we want to remind you, if you're trying to get minor league tickets, uh, if you've ever been frustrated buying tickets online, most sites make it complicated and they try to sneak in changes that check out. That's why you need SeatGeek. They've made it easier than ever to buy and sell sports and concert tickets. And I know if I needed to buy minor league baseball tickets, especially for opening day, I don't need to buy tickets because I'm John Manuel. I'm I'm the editor-in-chief of Baseball America, clothed in great power when it comes to minor league baseball tickets. Um, You don't know that reference either. I'm just looking to see the clothed in great power is on the script. It's not in there. But I, I can get minor league baseball tickets whenever I want. But if I weren't in that position, I would know SeatGeek is the place that I go for tickets to a game or to concerts. I have the SeatGeek app on my phone. I have used it to look up NCAA tournament tickets. I've used it for concerts. And I know that what SeatGeek does is pull all the tickets available on other sites into one place. What that does is save you time and you never miss a deal. You can even set alerts like I just did Mm -hmm. for upcoming games and SeatGeek will let you know if ticket prices fall. Even better, every ticket on SeatGeek is given a grade based on value so you can immediately find underpriced seats. Green, yellow, red. That's right. And uh, it's very simple. Even Ice Bear can use it. (laughs) Before you buy, you can use SeatGeek's detailed maps to see the view from your seat. Best of all, SeatGeek is always honest and upfront about the price. Unlike StubHub, SeatGeek shows you the full ticket price from start to finish and never surprises you with huge fees at checkout. And if you listen to this podcast, you can use a Baseball Baseball America code to get a $20 rebate off your first SeatGeek purchase. Download the free SeatGeek app, go to the settings tab, click add a promo code, enter promo code BA20, and SeatGeek will send you $20 after you've made your first ticket purchase. And then when you do that and you save your $20, go to Amazon.com or, or Barnes & Noble or to iBooks. I think that $20 you saved and go buy yourself a digital edition of the Baseball America Prospect Handbook. $19.95 available now for the first time ever as a digital edition. Best Very read excited. ever. Yes. Very Ice excited Bear. about that. Ice Bear likes Synergy. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, Ice Bear... One of the rare things on a super team. First off, you're I just don't ice think, bear. I don't think they know I'm ice bear, so I'm ice bear. Josh Norris is ice bear. Um, you have two AAA teams in the top five here. Not you, but we have two AAA teams. Rochester, Lehigh Valley, fighting it out, duking it out for the uh, IL North. That seems exceptional for the uh, International League. Plus, Indianapolis is uh, on this top ten. Um, Durham didn't make this top 10, but I know Durham's pretty good. When you have guys like Mikey Montuk and Richie Schaefer who have conquered, in my mind, AAA, at least offensively, and they're back in AAA this year, plus our minor league player of the year, Blake Snell, and got, Snake Blow. And you've got Louisville, Louisville Bats here. That's another IL team. So four International League teams in the top 10. Upset City. Yeah, that's and that's hey, as you know me, the inverter, you know the inveterate uh, uh, MILB TV yes. watcher. All AAA teams on you know so every one of those games is watchable. Yay! So which do you like, Rochester or Lehigh Valley? I, I feel like you're partial to the to the Iron Pigs. You like bacon. I, I do like bacon, not as much as former BA staffer and current Indian staffer Clint Logenecker. Yes, his love for bacon is unmatched in the human race. Um, 
I do like Lehigh Valley a lot. I can see an argument for both sides. I mean, Max Kepler really stood out to me last year. He looks like he's going to be a good one. Jose Barrios, I love short right-handers. That's, that's a failing <laughs> By of the mine. way, I, I do enjoy, if you're like on Twitter or Instagram, Jose Barrios is the master of the baseball workout video. Yeah, he like, is, actually. It's like, wow, Jose Barrios is really getting after it again today. Jose Barrios gets after it every day. It really is. It's like he's at a perpetual Cespedes loop yeah. you know, from a few years ago. But, the, I mean, to me, the other thing with Rochester is the, they, they do have the guys who have some AAA experience, whereas Lehigh Valley is almost a little bit more... Kind of exciting. Were you surprised to see Andrew Knapp at AAA? I thought maybe no, it'd be Alfaro. No, I, I figured Alfaro was going back to AA just because he spent most of the, the time last year uh, that he would have been at Reading with healing that, that foot injury he right. had. So he would move up, and Andrew Knapp very clearly mastered Reading last year. He had a historic year, a Darren Ruffian year. They need to put him somewhere where he can has a little tougher to hit. But for now, he's gonna it's going to be really tough to hit for the first four days because they have their first four games already canceled. Because, all four. Yeah, all four, because Syracuse is our... Uh, so what you're saying is we could have waited to release this for at least four days. Using the Lehigh Valley uh, corollary. And they go to Rochester next, so it's not going to get warmer. I th- <laughs> no, and I, Rochester, I know, has already canceled its opening day as well. And I did see... So Rochester's... We've got them ahead now. JJ, if they had J.P. Crawford, who they will probably get sooner than later... It flips. It flips pretty I mean, Really, what happens here is, is that you have... The, the Rochester club has two top 30 prospects. And as great as Lehigh Valley is, I think Lehigh Valley has better overall depth. But you've got one top 50 prospect on Lehigh Valley. You know, again, to me, when impact is a big part of this. Because when you've got those truly top-end guys. I mean, right. when you look at a club like Colorado Springs, okay, there's only two top 100 prospects on that team. That's still pretty good. But Orlando Arcee is one of them. If you've got a chance to see Orlando Arcee before he goes to the big leagues, you want to see Orlando Arcia. It is true of that Reading Club. If you got a chance to see J.P. Crawford and you haven't seen him, to me, if you are saying, I am in an area where I can drive to see a number, I have a lot of choices. Yeah. That doesn't happen in a lot of places. But if you do, what you're always looking for to me is, is if you get a chance to see a top 10, top 20 prospect, do it. always do that. Because nothing against these other guys. And it's great to have a lineup where you know you're going to have, hey, there's four really interesting guys in the lineup. But the, the memories that stick with you, memories that stick with me is this, that Carlos Correa, Byron Buxton, you know, right. the colors trip, that sticks with me much more than, wow, there's a lot of good prospects on this team. And before I came to Baseball America, uh, I could have spent that time packing or, or working or saying <laughs> goodbye to, uh, uh, to the people in the Northeast, but I chose to go see one final game at Reading uh, versus New Britain at the time, which was the Twins affiliate. The third baseman in that game were of note. They were Miguel Sano. And Michael Franco. That was a uh, Miguel Sano pre Tommy John surgery and Michael Franco pre crazy dreads. But uh, both those guys post having massive raw power. Unfortunately, that day it was Miguel Sano during suspension Don't. for taking too long on a home run trot. Uh, <laughs> Soy El Rey. <laughs> yes, I think they said he took like thirty-seven seconds on it. <laughs> Tater trot tracker lo- will love Miguel Sano. Yes. Um, but wait, no, you, let me you remember the trips. Yeah, you remember the trips, and and I more than I think anybody here remembers. I, I also like the esoteric sort of stuff about the ballpark, and which is why I you love Reading. I do love Reading. Um, I like a lot of other things we'll so, talk about later. I was going to say that that sets it up to say your ideal matchup, though. Let's be honest here: is you're floating in the lazy river in Frisco, watching Corpus Christi versus Frisco. right. The 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 um, <laughs> there was a chat. Our question in our chat today that somehow did not have to do with the Braves, about what would your ideal promotion be this year to see? And I said, well, 
it's it, it's the lazy river in in Frisco, which is one of the coolest things I've seen. There's a ton of ballpark with pools. So what, and is hot the, what is the lazy river going to be? You just describe it. It's just a uh, um, a big You've pool, but it has a lazy river. It's not. No, it's, it's awesome. It's got like a. You get to float. Yeah, you get to float. It'll be in the summer. And It'll you be drift around. drift around. There's a tiki bar or something out there. And I said right. the only way it could be better is if they put tropical fish in there. And I think that'd be some really koi. Cool. some koi. I, I think maybe the some chlorine angel. may kill the tropical fish, you know, because you kind of need the chlorine for the, especially with no, many I would, people drinking beer in a lazy river. That's uh, my yeah. thought. My yeah. thought would be there would be a lot of shenanigans about hey, let's give Nemo some yeah. PBR and. You know, Get some fish drunk. <laughs> Thanks. Drunk koi. I don't know if that would really work in a lazy river. You, I know you were looking for salmon in well, the lazy river. Yeah, I mean, I, I would like to see salmon in the lazy river. I always like seeing salmon. That'd be, I think that salmon don't like lazy rivers. They like rushing yeah. rivers. If, if that I actually, my be fun. actually, that's the next step. Is this isn't next about step them, it's about is me. someone puts a rushing river in the outfield where it's like, what well, happens? Yeah. Wait, wait about an this, hour in the Florida State League and you'll get one. This, this could be what could keep a team in Colorado Springs. Uh, this is what Josh has been having to work on all week. Um, you mentioned Colorado Springs is going to have prospects. They, might, they aren't going to have a team after the 2018 season. And you already have Hartford. You mentioned New Britain. No longer New Britain. They're no more Rockcats. Um, they're now the Yard Goats. Officially, they've started, they played, they're finished with their first game today. So they've, that's right. They already played Richmond. Did they win that game? Tyler Beattie. Uh, I don't remember if they Tyler won. Tyler Beattie. Yeah, Tyler Beattie gets to win. This is the amazing thing about the minor leagues. We just don't care who wins. We like the players. We love to watch Tyler the players. Tyler Beattie had a good start, though. But they were, they were the home team in Richmond. Richmond was away in its home opener. It was their home opener. Exactly. Yes. <laughs> that's, that's strange. Um, how strange is it to see a wandering team with this many prospects? You've covered this enough for a while. The Rail Riders uh, that year when they were still the Empire State Yankees that one year in AAA. They weren't as they weren't loaded. No, as a I mean they team, certainly they? they certainly wouldn't have made my our, our top five, top ten super teams. I'm I'm impressed that the Rockies are sending some significant prospects: David Dahl, Ryan McMahon, Kyle Freeland, jumping up even after missing that's, a lot of time. That's the only surprise one, though. It's like a lot of these guys, you don't really have a choice. Like right. it, you you don't really want to send the star on the road, but Ryan McMahon, Ryan Tapia. Like, those guys are, are really... They're done with high A. They're done with high A. They've done enough to high A that you have to move them up. And they're not ready for AAA. So it's like, okay, well, Kyle Freeland is a little different story. Because yeah, there's have, no part of the 2015 Kyle Freeland season where you go, oh, yeah, he checked that off, you know. Yeah, except for the Fall League. And the yeah. Fall League, even there, he didn't pitch great. He competed. He didn't have great stuff. But he, did get his, he got his it's, work in. He was a 6 guy. getting 20-plus starts is really... The, the most important stat for Kyle Freeland this year is... 20-plus starts where you right. say, I'm not even saying 25, 26, 27. I understand they may shut him down for, like, okay, we're going to skip you this time or whatever. But he needs to stay healthy yeah. through this season. 25 starts. Uh, you're getting me on one more tangent while we, that we wrap up on. That's how many starts Tyler Kolick got last year in Greensboro. You guys both saw him. I never got around to seeing Tyler Kolick pitch last year in Greensboro. I didn't miss, miss much, much is what everyone you, yeah. says. I missed a lot because he's 6'5", 260, but I didn't miss much in terms of his performance. And, J.J., you were off him as a prospect from the first time you saw him. You just sort of like, I'm not writing him off, but I don't remember you being as uh, I, I down. Was, I but you might have I, been. I was, I, and I tried to temper it because I don't want to be the guy that comes back from Tyler Kolek's first or whatever second start in low class A and just pans him. I was the one constantly telling you guys he was the number two pick in the draft for a reason. I know, I remember doing it and say, "Don't bail on this guy yet." But now he has Tommy John surgery, and first pick, first draft ever in 2014 with back-to-back high school pitchers. 
going one and two, and both have had Tommy John surgery already. Kolick won't pitch in 2016. Aiken didn't pitch professionally in 2015. Um, he's still rehabbing. He didn't make an opening day roster. Still rehabbing in Arizona. I mean, JJ, what was your reaction to the Kolick news yesterday? I mean, sad first. I mean, because we we want. It's we root right, for it's players. A, we root for players. It is a rough part of the job that you basically see players and you have to then convey the information, you know, that, hey, there's a lot to be concerned about. Tyler Kolek, pre-injury, there's a lot to be concerned about because he had not demonstrated yet that he could get to that velocity consistently right. on a five-day schedule. That's right. They gave him extra rest. You saw it. Regular rest, five days, you know, every start, starting every five days, you saw flashes. He might have been good for a Japan schedule, but... And that was the first, first full pro year, but that's a concern. And the best way I can put it is, is that we've been fortunate enough to have seen Jose Fernandez in Greensboro. <laughs> Josh has got the vapors. But, and to see Tyler Kolek. And the reality of it is, is that the difference is, is when you saw Jose Fernandez. Who had conditioning questions about him in high school, by the way. But when you saw Jose Fernandez right away, this was in April, and you're like, this guy's special. Yeah. Wow. That really jumps out. There was no point last year. That's Greensboro that anyone, to Greensboro. That's an apples to apples that, There's no one that I talked to who saw Green. Not just Maya, but really, more importantly, there's no one I talked to besides Tyler Kolek last year who said, I'll put it this way. We talk about Michael Kopech, who has his own issues. Right. Suspensions, broken hands from fights, all this kind of stuff. That being said, when you talk to people who saw Michael Kopech last year when he was not suspended and healthy. Right. You saw pe- people would go, wow, there's really some. That's that jumps off the, you know, he he jumps off the mound from the standpoint of this guy's special. No one was saying that about Tyler Kolek last year. Yeah, I think I was a little lower on Kopech. Just, I mean, the fastball was there; it's really big, but the breaking ball was inconsistent, and the changeup was too. Although the breaking ball did get better. Yeah, it but got still, better. But it, it was it's yeah. better than Kolek. But you, exactly, you <laughs> saw more from Kopech than Kolek. Right, and I you saw more velocity. Right, and I, I want to spin it back to Fernandez because that's what I do. Um, I want to. I want to. Opening day memories here. Let's let's talk about what's the best minor league game each of you guys have seen in person. Uh, uh, for me, I always go back to the 2012 Happy League playoff game. That was so much fun. Starling and uh, 15 million dollars center fielder, 13 million. Starling and Buxton. I mean, it was a really good game. There were prospects everywhere. Terrence it was Moore the freaking. It was the freaking Happy League with that kind of prospects. I mean, it was just. That's the first one that comes to mind. I'm sure there are better played games, but a lot of them run together. Um, I mean, you say opening day memories. I do remember, like, 1995 was my first minor league opening day. It was, I don't even remember who the Hickory Crawdads lost to. I know they lost, <laughs> and I know I interviewed Mark Johnson after the game, <laughs> former no. minor league manager of the year, and Mark Johnson had a woman's face painted on his jockstrap. So that's what I remember from that game. I just and I remember all the, especially the Latin American players, rushing out front to see the um, fireworks display when the game was over. That's the that was my first one. That's what's tattooed in my head. Sharing a beer with Mike Rojas after the game. I'm sure. Uh, Mike was happy to know that I was over, older than 21 at that time, but just barely. Um, but as far as players go, like Carlos Lee was 17 and played the game. Uh, you know, he didn't stay out in the game, but it stood out that he was 17 years old. I I have to think back. It's not the most memorable, but like Andrew Jones, 17 year old Andrew Jones, that same year you were covering Hickory. Yep. I was covering the Macon Braves. We've got the '95 Sally League year on lockdown. <laughs> we got to cover. <laughs> Styling All Star Game, we yep. still talk about it on a regular basis. But uh, but Andrew Jones hitting three home runs in a game before his 18th birthday and in, in full season ball was like, 
that was really the day. I, I he was already really good, but that was the day where you go. This guy who was considered a very intriguing prospect before, but Glenn Williams was considered the right. the big money. $825,000. Keep an eye on this guy. And then it was like, and by the way, it's Andrew Jones. He's a top 10 guy before he has full season ball under his belt. But he was lower ranked, if I remember right, than Glenn Williams. By that day, by the end of that day, it was like, yeah, Glenn Williams is nice, but Andrew Jones is the guy. Um, the one I always flash back to, though, which I always say this is the dangerous about you're, you're relying on your own eyes. Mike Montgomery, yeah. 13 Ks in Kinston. Was hey, he's a big leaguer. He's a big leaguer. He's throwing ninety five out of the pen now. Yeah, impressive. But uh, but Mike Mike Montgomery was in complete control that night. I mean, again, it's probably not now. I'd say the best pitching performance I've seen. Um, Jose Fernandez ranks pretty good as far as that. But uh, but at the time, I do remember thinking that. And the one other I'd say is is a Rollis Chapman coming into a Louisville game and knowing I'd never seen 100 in person, which I know sound, now sounds funny. Right, it's quaint. quaint. Yeah. Now it's like, oh, I saw 100 tonight. But a Rollis Chapman coming in and having the radar gun and going, I'm going to see it tonight. And it was like 99, 100, 103. And I know you have now... I saw 104 in the fall league for Ray I saw Black. Ray, I saw Ray Black this year, so I saw 103. <laughs> so... Um, um, What's your, no, those, mine, those aren't those aren't opening day. Those are just most no. memorable. Games. Yeah, I don't that's have, what I'm I don't have to get. an opening day like that. Really yeah. sticks. Okay, that's funny. Said that the, the one more I'll say the word completely random is is I remember Steve Hacker, who there are not yeah. twelve people not named John Manuel who, who <laughs> re- besides Steve who remember, but Steve Hacker. Steve who, Hacker begat Jason Hart, who began begat Ryan Howard, all at Southwest Missouri exactly. State, became Missouri State. But Steve Hacker had a stretch for the Macon Braves, and I guess that would have been 97 or 98, I think 98. That was the hottest I've ever seen a hitter. It was the one time I've ever been on a regular basis covering a team every night where he would come to the plate and you would just expect a homer in a key situation, and then he'd hit the homer in the key situation, and everyone would just lose it because it's like you don't see guys, I mean, you don't do that. And that's, that's my completely random, like, great memory. What about you? I'm going to go with Jose. I mean, I saw him with, at the time, uh, um, current BA staffer Hudson Belinsky and I were both at the same game. Um, He was against Lakewood, Lakewood and you could just see greatness written all. He toyed with those guys like they were little leaguers. Didn't Java have that same effect on you that year? In the major leagues, because I never got to see him pitch in the minor leagues. I got, no, he left right before I graduated college. Um, You're young. <laughs> I keep forgetting that part. I mean, the most memorable game I've ever seen was not a minor league or college game. It was 2000 Olympics. I mean, that's the one. Well, I mean, not, not even the Ben Sheets game. It was the game before that. It was all minor leaguers, but it was the uh, U.S. Korea um, semifinal game. Roy Oswalt, um, and then Taehyun Chang, I believe, was a submarine reliever for Korea, who the Orioles tried to sign a couple of years ago, and. Uh, all that stuff went down with the Orioles in Korea. Um, but that was the one that had the deluge in the bottom of the eighth inning where the home plate umpire kept wiping his face and telling the other umpires, no, we're going to finish this game, and waving the other umpires off to say, no, I'm not calling this game. And the U.S. getting a interference double play at the plate, and I think at the bottom of the eighth to try to take the lead where Brett Abernathy slid out of the base path and Paul Seiler of USA Baseball took a chair and threw it into the wall, like smashed the wall and his chair. Like we were in the press box, and we hear this 
giant crash. Turned out later that was Paul. And then in the bottom of the ninth, the U.S., uh, I think it was the ninth inning, where uh, Gooky Dawkins was pinch running. Leadoff hitter gets on, Walker hit, I forget. Gooky gets on base. Minkiewicz, uh, eye chart, uh, squares to bunt. Pick off for the first. Gooky is picked off. Next pitch, eye chart goes uh, yard, game winner. Puts the U.S. in the gold medal game, which they won on the bench sheets, uh, complete game. But that was, I'll never see a game better than that game. That was incredible. I've gotten, I got the Jose Fernandez game, which is still, it's the best game I'm, the best performance by a pitching prospect I think I'll ever see. Um, but there was a perfect game by Jean-Marc Gomez that I that saw works. in 11, I think. Was he with Akron, I guess, John It was with Akron. It was a day game, and it was, she just, I think, I think the... Education day game? It was. I think the Thunder also threw, like, a two-hitter that day. So that was a really quick game. And there was one earlier that season, well, I mean, not that season, but where I went to the morning, I, I made sure to take off work. I used one of my vacation days to go see Dylan Bundy versus Jordano Ventura. And <laughs> this then, is why we hired John. And then go see a doubleheader that night in Trenton. So I got, I think, 20 <laughs> innings of a game where I saw, and it was, it's, it's incredible, in the, in the nightcap of that game, it went 15 innings because it's a doubleheader. Because <laughs> it was your third game of the day. And it was awesome because they were in a position player to pitch, Shane Brown, who was their, their seventh outfielder. <laughs> and he, he got out of a bases-loaded one-out jam, and then he got the walk-off hit in the bottom of the inning. And he might have had, like, four hits that year. That's good times. That's then, good times. How, this is how much we love the minors and all. You ask me, like, you know, and I say all that and all, and then it's like, oh, yeah, I was at the Leyritz-Homer uh, F of uh, Lollards. I was covering that <laughs> game, you know, for, the, for my paper. And it's like... The, uh, a, a crucial World Series game that is still remembered. I'm like, that's, not the that's first nice, one. but that's it doesn't right. rank like with Andrew Jones' three homers or anything like that. I was in outdoor school in sixth grade when that happened. I remember exactly where that outdoor was. Outdoor school? You they, hippies. No, I don't know what they did that for. They made us... They made it's us, Oregon. They made oh, us go for outdoor. Game. How did you... They, they made us stay outside for a weekend. Like, oh, okay. As I said that, because that was definitely a night game. It was chilly in Fulton County. I remember one of my siblings came back and she so reviled that outdoor school that she said, I didn't use the restroom all weekend. I waited <laughs> I was home. That's Can't top that one, yeah, exactly. We're out. We've, out. we've been sitting here trying to top each other's memories. Can't top that one. Great I stuff, wins. Great stuff, JJ. I'm John Manuel. We'll see you on the next Baseball America podcast. And here is Dave Slade with more. This concludes our program. Visit BaseballAmerica.com for more podcasts. Today's Baseball America podcast was sponsored by SeatGeek. Baseball America podcast listeners get a $20 rebate off their first SeatGeek purchase. Download the free SeatGeek app and enter promo code BA20. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.